from the Innsmouth Book Club. Join me and my fellow guide, John Chadwick, as we take you on a fortnightly tour of Innsmouth. We visit places such as the Picture House, the Library and Innsmouth Museum to discuss all aspects of weird fiction, whether it be book, film, music, TV or art. As well as that, we stop over at the Gilman House to have a chat with a resident guest. That includes authors, artists, musicians, in fact, Lovecraftian creatives of all types. You can find our free shows on Patreon, and there you can also sign up as a patron, which brings you bonus content, plus a monthly PDF copy of Innsmouth News, which features articles, author spotlights, all the latest news and reviews, and more. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash Innsmouth BC. We hope to see you soon because remember, Innsmouth isn't just a place, it's a state of mind. Hey everyone, it's me, DB. New sponsor on the show, Glary. Glary offers a great price and better quality goods and services for music lovers. Are you looking for good prices, free shipping, 100% quality guarantee? Glary's got you covered. Guitars, bass guitars, mandolins, they've got saxophones, trumpets, drums, they've got guitar cases, amplifiers, all the stuff that you need without having to break the bank. Inexpensive doesn't have to mean cheap. Check out the show notes to find more about Glary. 20 watt amplifiers for under $50, hard cases for your electric guitar for under $80 guitars themselves for under $90. Come on, folks, check out the show notes. Get a glare. This episode is brought to you by California Tea House. California Tea House is a family-owned tea store where you can find some of the world's best loose-leaf tea and organic herbal tea blends. Like a fine wine, there is no comparison between fine loose-leaf and common broken-leaf tea bags. So, yeah, no, check them out. Check them out. They have quite a bit of pretty awesome tea collections. I'm a huge fan of their white teas. Uh, They have a tea club that you can join, but, you know, they've got green tea, black tea, white tea, oolong, that uh, robios and herbal tea. They've also got teaware. So check out California Tea House in the show notes. Hey everyone, it's me, DB. Just reminding you, we have t-shirts in the shop. Just go to pgttcm.com, check out all of our cool t-shirts and stickers. Heck, we even got some shower curtains in there. Keep clean, look cool, have cool stickers to put on stuff. Join us on Patreon, get a free sticker. Or don't. It's up to you. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Greetings, listeners. It is I, TV Star. 
Spitzer in Farmer Days, here once again to talk to you about the Cthulhu Mythos, its books, its monsters, its unfortunate human casualties, its timeline in general, and even its tangential bits, like the dreamlands or things of a weird nature that are Lovecraftian leaning. Once more we head into those dark woods, further feeling those malevolent forces upon us. Once again we walk down the lightless stone staircase in the middle of nowhere. You're listening to KZOM. Hello everyone, it is I, D.B. Spitzer, and as always, uh, my cohort, my, my homunculus... <laughs> I'm kidding about that, Dave. Uh, David Heath, Farmer Dave, how the heck are you doing this week? I am well. I hope everybody else is too. I, I, I'm, I'm doing pretty well myself. Uh, we have some pretty cool news coming up, uh, especially for uh, Dave, who I don't think knows that uh, there's something pretty special going on on his farm right now. And uh, right now, uh, today, we're going to be talking about about uh some 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 uh some flying fishermen i think or what's who's who's this guy so so nodens we'll talk a little bit about nodens and why he's associated with the sea oh okay uh and uh after that we're going to be talking about Dave and I's personal concepts of things that we like in D&D and like the type of games that we like to play because the fact that after Nodens, then we go on to a big chunk of what season 16 is going to be about and and sweet 16 sweet 16 because you know we do two episodes a year because we're the walking dead or something um or or like what the walking dead used to be like when it was like two episodes a year or like 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 british broadcasting yeah 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 we're like prestige uh prestige cable or like british broadcasting except we generally have a lot more episodes a year than like say the young ones or um mind your manners or tisn't the tea a bit cold or um um slovenly boys of westerfield i'm just making names up <laughs> you had me going till the cold tea <laughs> yeah yeah but slovenly slovenly boys of westerfield i think would be a pretty amazing uh tv show and we might it's make it a potential yeah we might make it a, a, a real fake show for the the uh, a real fake show for this show so um you know oh man i have to write that stuff down so everyone um what else are we talking about dave uh so we are talking about nodens and i believe we are talking about uh the god of the ewoks nub nub Oh, cool, cool, cool. It's Yogan Nubber. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not talking about those guys. We're talking about D&D. So um, we've got Bat Squatch Festival going on next week, I believe. Next week, there's a little bit of confusion because apparently it was scheduled on the same time as the big... um, uh bigfoot bigfoot conference and boring yeah and the people boring wanted to come here so it's been moved back a week yeah so 
Um, we've got people camping between here and Boring, which that's good camping. Um, that's not bad, actually. Except for the closer you get to Oleander, the creepier it gets and and the cows and the cows and, cows too. and the chupacabras yeah. see chupacabras don't mess with cows it's goats that they mess with they don't mess with my goats i know that's why you're at a higher elevation than chupacabras can climb yes yeah i mean it all comes down to math yeah, math math sucks. and geology and geometry so um Something I wanted to let you know about, Dave, we've got Sasquatch Festival going on next week, and sometime in late August, uh, we have the North American Cat President elections, and there is a barn cat by the name of Thomas that apparently resides on your farm that is going to be... A, a, a nominee for cat president this year. Well, that's good because he would make a great cat president. I mean, old, old, old uh, Yankee Doodle is retiring and can't be cat president anymore. Uh, has one life left and is just Ooh. like, I want to go retire in Thomas Jefferson's library and sleep there because i've been cat president since the eisenhower administration so and that's regular eisenhower administrations not cat administrations yeah yeah so this cat has been around since the 1950s which is is pretty crazy but also uh had the uh you know, uh, old old Yankee Doodle is also the only cat has ever had been exposed to the Super Soldier Serum. So, old Yankee Doodle is 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 a pretty old cat. Uh, fought in uh, the Cold War, and also has been cat president since the 1950s. So, um, there's there's this weird thing going on that 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 they need a new president and someone elected uh threw their hat in for thomas like a bunch of people threw their hat in for thomas so we've got a new cat president going on our new election going on and uh yeah 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 um vote so, for thomas yeah we're not we're, that humans can vote for a cat no president. no no but you can you can buy t-shirts that are for thomas and um yeah, um, if, if anything else comes up, uh, we'll, we'll let you know. But we're going to have some t-shirts for Thomas for Cat President. And uh, then you can ex explain to people what your t-shirt means. And, uh, you know, support old Yankee Doodle. And also, uh, you know, of, of course, you know, buy a t-shirt for Thomas. And any uh, future Cat Presidents in the future, which... You know, hey, if Thomas gets elected uh, cat president, he's cat president of North America. And that means maybe we can tour with Thomas. I don't know. All right. Oh. I'm looking forward to to the election for the cat president of North America. Me too. Me too. And um, I'm just happy that I happen to have you know not met thomas personally but seen pictures and go wow that's that's a real regal cat if a cat looked like an eagle that would be thomas 
Yes, he is. He he is probably part ego. It's just too expensive to do the DNA t- test. But that's more reason why he should be president of Cats of North America. Definitely, definitely. All right. So, uh, Dave, uh, check, check one, check, check two. Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's let's talk about that guy that guy who uh who drinks coffee all day me uh you know something i've been loving these days these nights these 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 uh cool cool uh summer nights when it, when when the sun goes down and the heat goes away breathing copper cow coffee but i don't use water i use vodka uh, for a cold brew method, and then I pour it over ice, and then put a little bit of seltzer water in it, and sip it while I look at the night sky and go, "Oh hey, there's Aldebaran. Oh, there's Taurus." Uh, and actually, you can't see uh, Taurus right now. It is not the fall, but I do look at the night sky and I think about stuff, and uh, I don't know, project my oral. No, uh, uh, astral, uh, oral projection. Uh, in, yeah, in yeah there's two different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, just just chill. But Copper Cow Coffee and, uh, like, you just take, like, one of the tea bags, put it in an old uh, glass jar, uh, pour vodka over it, stick it in the freezer for about five days, pull it out, and... Uh, you don't even have to pour it over ice at that point. And like, if it's something like the churro or the lavender or whatever, pour it over ice, make a snow cone, bust out the Snoopy snow cone machine. You can do so much stuff with it. I personally like to take the uh, alcohol that I make with this and then pour it over uh, lady fingers, you know, make a tiramisu with uh, all of the uh, mascarpone that I can make. Uh, but I make my own mascarpone from goat's milk that I get from Dave. So, yeah, Copper Cow Coffee, you can use it for baking. You can use it for just your morning coffee. You can stick it in an espresso pot. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. And I highly recommend it as a chef, as a consumer, and as a cool dude who uh, you know from your podcast. So, Copper Cow Coffee, check the show notes. So, who's this other guy we're talking about? We're talking about some uh, dude who surfs around on seafood. So, Nodens. And like some of the other uh, names, such as you know Hypnos or Dagon, Lovecraft didn't invent Nodens. Yeah. Nodens was a Celtic deity who we don't know that much about. Okay. And the truth is, we don't know much about a lot of the... And, oh, I violated the great law. I call them Celts. They're Celts. <laughs> Celts, li- Celts live in Boston. Celtics live in Boston. Yeah, I was a little Celtic. confused about by, by that. And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's like when I talk to Ken Height and he says something that I know's not properly pronounced that way. And I don't want to correct him. And it's like, well, maybe he knows better than I do. And I'm like, no, no, that's not how that's pronounced. But yeah, so I was like, Celts, go for it, dude. But yeah, no, Celts. Celts. And, and so, <laughs> so what, it, and this is a little bit of a distraction, but do you know what a Celt is? 
Uh, something that Scots wear around to not show their dingus? Close, close. It's actually a hammer. Oh. It's often found uh, in... So we don't... The Romans... The Romans really did a number on these people. Yeah. So we're not really sure what their name was. Mm-hmm. We call them after their tools. Yeah, no, no. And it's 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 like the Celts didn't even originate in those islands. They originated elsewhere, moved to those islands, and that's the remnants of their culture. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> and so Nodens was a, a Celtic god who is often associated with uh, Mars. Ooh. And Mars, we think of Mars as the war god. He and he's also a, a healing god. Okay. In the same way that you would have like combat medics, people who are in war need to be healed. Wait a minute. This 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 contradicts my knowledge that I've learned from Wonder Woman comics. Yeah. I'm sorry to distract you, Dave. Okay. Um. So, Nodens is is we often refer to as Nodens Mars because. Uh-huh. The Romans are really going to try to Romanize this. Okay. And we're going, there's not a lot of temples, but I think the first one of notes was uh, in 1885, but a pretty big one was uh, found in uh, Lancashire, uh-huh. or Lancashire, or however the English pronounce it, sure. um, uh, in, in, in England. And so there was a lot of writing in Latin. So they decided that they were going to get an academic to translate it. Okay. You know who that academic was? Whom? J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, my. So Nodens, the anthropological and the archaeology in Lancashire is going to really influence... Tolkien's writing. Sure. Uh, we're not true, but some we're not sure if it's true, but some people will say that the you know, looking at all these holes in the ground is where he got the idea of hobbit holes. Okay. Uh, you know, there's this story of here, uh, ring of power. Mm-hmm. Um so but one of the things that it's going to be here is this for uh basically mural mm-hmm. of Noden. And yeah. a priest chamber of him riding on this seashell with dolphins. Lovecraft is going to take almost the exact picture and put it in the house on the high hill. Oh, okay. So um, he definitely, and Lovecraft read as much as he could about, you know, history and mm-hmm. anthropology and archaeology. So it, it, it's absolutely sure that, that he knew of the dick. Okay. And that this is where he took the name. All right. Now, Nodens is also associated with quite a few um, Celtic gods, uh, including um, Sylvanus. Yeah. Uh, the hunt. So this is definitely the origins of of Lovecraftian notes. Okay. Uh, I just want to take this moment to apologize for any car sounds you hear right now. It is hot as heck in the studio. Uh, Dave's recording from the, uh, the, 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 the goat farm, which I'm sure is cool as cool, but in the studio right now, um, it's meant to retain heat, not to anyway. So we opened up all the windows just so that we don't have to run the AC because 
Um, it would sound terrible. Anyway, uh, continue about Noden's House on the Hill. So, so this is where, where, where we get the concept of Noden's as the hunter. Okay. But also Noden's as the Lord of the Abyss. Uh-huh. And in this case, when we talk about the Abyss, we're not talking about space, although I think Lovecraft or later writers kind of added that. The Abyss is the ocean. Okay. That's why he's associated with dolphins. Gotcha. But gotcha. That makes I kind sense. of imagine like space dolphins that are like towing him through space. Hey, if you can have cats from Saturn and cats from uh, wherever else in the dreamlands, you can have space dolphins. I mean, you yes, can you have can. dolphins of Jupiter. And why like, not? Why not? I mean, Jupiter and Saturn are gas planets and. Why couldn't you have some like silicone-based dolphins or something that um, fills the ecological space that dolphins do of whatever the hell dolphins do? And, um, you know, just like how there's like certain animals that are kind of like giraffes or sharks or whatever, you know, like and uh in an alien world, you would have something that would fill that ecological space. You would have space dolphins, is what I'm trying to say. When it comes to, like, Jupiter or Saturn. But maybe they don't exist in three-dimensional space. They exist in four, fifth, and sixth-dimensional space. And they, you know, uh, Nodens is able to make them crash through that barrier. And we see them and we go, oh, those are dolphins, I think. But that's also like hounds of Tindalos, uh, you know, uh, have kind of like the evolutionary point of a hound, even though they, uh, sorry about that, uh, even though they exist in like multidimensional points of space and time. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> now, Noden's though the the creatures that Lovecraft associated with them, sure, were what well, the night gods. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's seen as the father of the night gods and, and the master of the night gods. And we talked a little bit about that last week. Now, Noden's is seemed almost as the good guy in the uh, Cthulhu mythos. He's in yeah. The, yeah, yeah, he's 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 like uh, he's supposed to be the good guy, but how much does he care about people versus how much he cares about the earth is is something that I've played up quite a bit. Yeah, that's a you know that's a great point. Uh, in the the graphic novels, you know, Fall of Cthulhu, the followers of Noden are the hunters, and they're the good guys, and the, the, they're fighting the, the minions of Cthulhu. But they don't care who they get in the way. They don't. They don't worry about collateral damage. Yeah. No. No. I see. Like um, followers of Nodens almost being like um, esoteric um, eco terrorists. Like um, they want to preserve Earth and like Earth's dimensions at whatever cost. Is is the way I've always like played followers of Nodens. Like, especially in, like, Delta Green, I'll have them being, like, people who, like, not, like, put, like, a uh, porcelain spike in a tree so that it can't be seen with a metal detector. Um, 
but like they're the kind of people who put like I don't know the fifth dimensional equivalent of a por uh, porcelain uh, <laughs> porcelain spike uh, that interferes with great old ones doing anything yeah. in like lower dimensions. They're kind of like the people who are like in higher dimensions who are like, hey, great old ones, leave those monkey people alone. Kind of like almost like um almost like Green Lantern Corps, but the Cthulhu mythos. Okay. Yeah. And, and what kind of and I think that's a lot more what Lovecraft had anticipated. Sure. Now, um, Nodens helps, you know, supports um, Randolph Carter, uh, you know, and as well as the, you know, the the preacher and uh, the strange high, strange high house in the mist. Yeah. Um, but he's not necessarily the good guy. No. He's helping the protagonist. Yeah, yeah, no, no. There's there's something about the strange high house in the mist that makes me think about like uh, Twin Peaks mythology, like yes. with like um, the uh... oh shoot, did I just like lose? No, okay, cool. Um, like with the uh, Red Room, or 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 like you know um, the the uh, Black Lodge. But the lodge yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 this place that exists out of time and space and you just have to take the right trail it's like maybe if if we're talking about like D cosmology it's maybe part of a route of yazdrill that may you know if you go up the right way you get to the high house if you go down the wrong way you get down to ghouls and you have to deal with that garbage um but yeah, 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 no, no, no. I, I think it like fits in with the cosmology of like the dreamlands. Like maybe at some sort of like um, at some point in time, you kind of like cross from the prime material plane into whatever the dreamlands are. Um, if if we're talking D and D, I think it's part of the astral plane. I'm not quite sure, but no, no, no. I wouldn't say that. Maybe it's it's oh, is is is. In D and D wise, would you say that the uh, would you say that the Dreamlands or the Feywild or the Shadowlands? You know, I I had not thought of it. I'd always thought of it as its own dimension, but I would sure. definitely think it's. I would I would link it to uh, the Fey. Yeah, I was thinking Feyland, about it. It's like, where are you gonna find Jin, and what are ghouls originally? And it's like they've got all kinds of like. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I don't know. It's, it's like if HP Lovecraft knew about the two of them, I think he would say that, you know, a lot of the bad things that he writes about come from like the Shadowfell or whatever, the, 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 the farm realms. But yeah, no, no. It's like, where are you going to ride a zebra? Where are you going to go to a, a, a city full of cats? Where are you going to do that? It's going to be the Feywild. That's, that's the, uh, yeah. And and I, I, I like the idea that it's like, you know, you've got the Seely Court and the Unseely Court. Zoogs are definitely part of the Unseely Court. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely like the Seely Court. It's like, hey, there's Nodens being like, hey, buddies, check me out. 
Check out my cool dolphin friends. We do ayahuasca every weekend. <laughs> you know, and, and, and especially if maybe you're not running a D&D campaign, but you want to bring it into a Cthulhu in Dark Ages. Oh, yeah, definitely. You want you want to have something like the you know, Feywild and the Cthulhu Dark Ages, but you know you don't want it to be the Feywild. You can bring in the Dreamlands. Definitely, definitely. And I think the Dreamlands, um, if you're doing like kind of like a, a later, like a Ravenloft kind of like late 18th century, early 19th, late 19th century kind of like thing, um, Dreamlands is kind of cool for you to have kind of like a medieval place to go to and do things, which I feel like the Feywild would stick with like kind of like a medieval feeling for like a very, very, very long time. Um, it, it just feels like you could you could build that mechanics into TND if you had. Um, I'm sorry, we're supposed to be talking about Nodens, and I'm talking about how to like incorporate the Feywild into Call of Cthulhu or start up a Feywild Call of Cthulhu D&D campaign. But um, like, I, I feel like Nodens could definitely be a part of that. And that's how you could also introduce kind of like the concept of a Feywild into like your gumshoe or your Call of Cthulhu campaign. Definitely. So I think there's one last thing we got to, if we're going to talk about Nodens. Yeah. We got to talk about classification. Oh, okay. And he is most commonly classified as an elder god. Yeah, yeah. Lovecraft didn't use, when Lovecraft actually, when Lovecraft uses the term elder god, mm -hmm. he's talking about mythology. He's talking about, so it's not a term that Lovecraft uses in classification. This is coming from, from Derelith who really wants this to be a good versus evil story. So he creates these good guy elder gods. Yeah. And in fact, you know, part of it, and I had only realized this maybe in the last 10 years, uh -huh. in Lovecraft stories, it's not the elder gods that imprison Cthulhu. Yeah. You know, and the, it, it's the elder things. Yeah. Derelith, August Derelith rewrites that and says it's the Elder Gods. Yeah. And of course, Lumley, and I love Lumley, but Lumley turns us into this galactic war in heaven. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so this, this classification that Nodens is this Elder God. Yeah. And I think one of the things that sort of makes the Elder Gods different than uh you know the outer gods or the great old ones is that they have a human form yeah now we're gonna see of course um not Tap is also gonna have human form yeah but he has a thousand forms so sure someone will be human and so i think in Daryl's mind human equals good yeah Daryl is going to be a Christian. He's going to be very Catholic. Yeah. So he wants to get this sort of dichotomy, this good versus evil. And he's going to try to basically simplify this this fight between these galactic entities. Uh -huh. And in doing so, he's going to create an army of righteousness. Yeah. And he's going to put Noden as kind of their leader 
because with the exception of, you know, Hypnos, who, you know, Hypnos, I don't know why people think Hypnos is a good person. The only story in Lovecraft that he appears in, yeah, or as a good guy, he's trying to kidnap someone's soul. Yeah. You know, so, but, so the more human they look, sure, the more Dareth is going to associate as the Elder Gods. Definitely. And since, since he only talks about a couple of them, uh-huh. Nodens becomes the leader of the the uh, the Elder Gods mm-hmm. uh, until you know Lumley goes on and and, and gives him Cathed, which you know the 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 crystalline brother of Cthulhu. Yeah, in the past, I've generally kind of like cherry picked what kind of Lumley entities I've talked about, just because of the fact that I. I don't like all of them, but also at the same time, it's like mm-hmm. I can't really just be like, well, I like some of these and not other ones, but I also kind of want to like project my concept of the Cthulhu mythos onto this show. And it's like, I, I've met Brian Lumley. I've smoked cigarettes with Brian Lumley. I fist, bump, bleh, fist bumped Brian Lumley and like waved to him as he drove off with his hp lovecraft uh statue one year um but as a writer there's there's certain things that i'm like oh i don't like this aspect i don't like that aspect i love this aspect like like the 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 mother of night gaunts i think is really cool and it's not just because i like boobs it's just it's 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 a cool concept but also at the same time there's like kind of like positive members of the Cthulhu mythos that I'm like, I don't like this so much, but I do like Nodens as like a concept in the Cthulhu mythos. It's kind of like, oh, these great old ones, they're like messing up the place. They're making they're making Earth a terrible place and I care about the oceans and I care about this and they're doing this to the oceans and they're doing that to the oceans and they had a battle in the ocean one time and oh, it was a mess. And it's like, Noden's like, cares about, like, old Earth. He's like an old Earth god who's like, don't mess up this place. Hey, you kids, pick up your star spawn and get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> That's why he's got, like, an old beard. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about with Noden's? Like, I, I think we pretty much covered Noden's. Quick question. What do you think a Temple of Noden's looks like? So I think um, I think the, I think it was Lindsay Park, uh-huh. uh, which is the, the the actual Temple of Nodens. Yeah. Which um, I think that's what I would use. I mean, maybe in the Dreamlands, it's like this huge giant seashell turned into a building. Uh-huh. But if we're talking on to, uh, telestial version. Yeah, it's, say uh, I, say we're talking about like Earth, and um, like a little bit south of uh, San Diego. Uh, there's a Temple of Nodens on on, on like like uh, the uh, Mexican border, kind of over by Tijuana. There's a Temple of Odins uh, of of Nodens. What would that be? So. And let's say like a modern one, if it was like, say, uh, the esoteric order of Dagon, uh-huh. I think it would be a hunting lodge. Okay. All right. But if you're going to do like a historical one, 
I, and there, you, I'm pretty sure there are maps out there where you can get, you know, just online of the the uh, Temple of Nodens at Lindsay Park. Uh-huh. Um, so it might be a built, maybe it's the visitor center built on uh, an actual Nodens temple. I was thinking it like it is like a uh, boat rental place for like fishing and stuff like that in like Tijuana and okay. you can like go out and get swordfish and stuff like that and it's 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 all like going out there to do like a uh, ritual to Nodens every time they're like sending tourists out there they're doing a ritual to Nodens just to like build up their power and stuff but what they really want to do is get a little bit further out to those islands that are out there where there's uh, some fish people doing stuff that Nodens doesn't care for too much, hey? And throw the hand grenades over, <laughs> yeah. uh, over the side of the boat. And I know we're going to get some hate letters because I called them Celts instead of Celts. No. But also, so it's not Lindsay Park; it's Lydney Park. Okay, it's the Temple of Noted. So if you if you're looking it up, you want it's L Y D N E Y. Okay. Yeah, we 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 rarely get hate mail about stuff because we correct stuff in that episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I I feel there's a lot of different way to use Nodens. I think Nodens is awesome for like coastal stuff. Like, if you've got, like, deep ones, um, you're probably not going to have a Temple of Nodens anywhere near that unless it used to be a deep one city, used to be a deep one colony, used to be a deep one settlement. But, you know, Nodens is there now. I'm sure Nodens is kind of like, um, tired of all these MFN deep ones in my coastline. So, anyway. Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster Kid Radio. Hear your host, Derek M. Cook, and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio. Go through the archives for interviews with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, and Joel Hodson. Listen to discussions about movies like Creature from the Black Lagoon, Island of Terror, and King Kong. And don't forget convention coverage from Monster Bash and the HP Lovecraft Film Festival, Classic Monsters, Modern Talk, and The Head of Rondo Hatton, only on Monster Kid Radio. So, Dave. Yes. Who do we have for an interview this week? So, we've got Tim Mendes today. Oh, cool. And he, he's been on a couple of times. Sure, sure. But he's going to talk about another thing that I mispronounced, and we'll talk quite a bit about it. Nice. But uh, Narlahotep. Oh, cool. Or Narlahotep. Well, that's cool. Or as cool. I call him, Narlihotep. All right. Well, that's uh, kind of a lead-in to next season. Well, we're going to be talking about Narlathotep for about a few months. We're going to be talking about aspects of Narlathotep, and then we're going to be talking about cults of Narlathotep 
and it's season 16 is just going to be you know about that 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 that, that dude but uh mr ant yeah before we get on to that though uh here's some ads and then after that dave and i are going to be talking about the dungeons and the dragons both all right you can't have your dnd until you listen to your ads exactly So really glad today we have a, a special uh, interview. Uh, someone has been on the show before, but I'm really excited to talk to him about what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, Tim Mendes. Uh, now, Tim, um, I think though we owe you an apology because you're 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 uh, you know you're in England now, and somehow you've gotten Northern Oregon summer weather. So I'm yeah. so sorry about that. <laughs> I, I I mean we just. Looked away for a moment and it jumped across the pond. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it took us by surprise as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's been ridiculous over here. It's, uh, yeah. And unlike, unlike you guys, we haven't got air con everywhere. Oh. It's like none of our, our houses have got air conditioning or anything like that. So we're just yeah. not prepared for it. Yeah, no, uh, so for some bizarre reason, I was raised not to trust air conditioning. Uh, right. So I stand by the open window with a uh, hand fan. But nice. That's, that's, that's what I've been doing. That's just, <laughs> I see. So, um, you know, uh, before we get into uh, our discussion, um, is there anything, uh, any projects you're working on that you want to catch our audience up on? Uh, yeah, I have a, my second short story collection is out um, at the end of August. It's going to be called Visions and Abominations. Um, it's coming out through Nordic Press. Um, also, yeah, I just want to shout out to my uh, to my co-conspirators in the Innsmouth Book Club podcast, Rob Poynton and John Chadwick. Uh, we were all on last time, weren't we? Um, yeah. Yeah, because um, Rob and I have just started a dedicated Clark Ashton Smith podcast called Strange Shadows. So. Oh, yeah. And is that out yet or Yeah, yeah, we we've we've done like 5 episodes now I think are out. It's got it seems to be taking off quite nicely. We've been getting plenty of listeners and all that. So oh, it's definitely. all good. Yeah, we're going we're going through um, Clark Ashton Smith's stories in chronological order. We're going to cover them all. Oh, uh, yeah, so we're we're up to what are we up to now? Resurrection of the Rattlesnake is the next one we're recording. So Oh, excellent. Um and where can we find that? Uh, it's on Buzzsprout. Um, the uh, the Innsmouth Book Club pod, uh, podcast is also on Buzzsprout. They're both on Patreon as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can people can sign up to be patrons, or you can just listen to it for free on Buzzsprout. But as patrons, obviously, there's exclusives and all that kind of stuff. Uh, amazing. Yeah. So you know, for a long time, you know, Clark Ashton Smith was also I hate to say this, but he was kind of the also ran. You know, mm. there is, uh, Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard yep. oh, and Clark Ashton Smith. And I think people are finally, I mean, not that not during his lifetime, but now people are sort of rediscovering him on his own. 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that, that's something I mean, I've, I really want to, to do with this podcast is because I've been a fan since I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, and but but I guess it was the same at the time. He, he, he struggled to get his work in things like Weird Tales because it was seen as too highbrow. Yeah. Um, by Farnsworth Wright, he saw it as too highbrow for Weird Tales, and it drove Smith insane. He's just like, I'll just publish my work. Uh, so it, it's nice that um, I mean, we're working off uh, a series of books that have collected all everything he wrote. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, through, it was Hippocampus Press okay. that put them out. So we're working from them, so they're available again. It's all out there. So I'm hoping that you'll finally get the recognition he deserves. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, of course, we're not here to talk about Smith, but, nope. you know, of course, yeah, I'm sure you know that, you know, he was introduced to Lovecraft by basically a fan letter from Lovecraft. Yes. Said, it, You're a better enough, poet than yeah. I'll ever be. Funnily enough, we actually we did our first patron exclusive uh, last weekend, me and Rob, uh, and we did the letters. Uh, we we oh, were focusing nice. on the letters between Lovecraft and Smith. And that is one of the letters that Rob read out. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll talk to DB. Make sure we get some links for you. Oh, nice one. So we're here though to talk about something that I have probably been mispronouncing most yeah. of my adult life. <laughs> I think we all so, have. Really. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about Narlahotep or Narlatep or Narlihotep. <laughs> so let's start off. How do you pronounce it? Narlathotep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, A different again. <laughs> okay. And, and and yours is probably the correct way because the people who know more than me call pronounce it that way. But right. it's, where did you get that pronunciation from? Reading or from? Yeah, I just worked it. I just kind of worked it out because um obviously from from like going to um, the British Museum and listening to things about Egypt. Oh. Uh, and and about the you know <laughs> the people found and the names and stuff it just the way they pronounce things it just in my head it just that's how it sort of came out whether it's right or not is a different story. So so you're probably you're probably right on especially uh, I mean Lovecraft liked to take things and put mm. them together so yes. so that probably is the right pronunciation but when I read it it is it, it it's gnarly hotep. You know, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, I know it's I, wrong, I, but... Hotep, I like it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, well then, uh, and I appreciate you jumping on in such short notice, but uh, do you have anything, maybe before I ask maybe some specific questions, do you have anything you want to share about him? Yeah, I mean, I've really been a fan, I've always been a fan of him, uh, because uh, I think it's interesting, I find him really interesting in the sort of if we can say mythos pantheon, because he's the only one that really directly interacts with humanity. It's, it's not it's not through cults or through you know minions dreams. or night gaunts or whatever else. It's uh, he, he yeah or through dreams and through like cryptic. He will actually get down and get his hands dirty and walk amongst us. I mean the only other thing I can think of uh, would probably be the king in yellow, um, but. You know, uh, so I really like that aspect of him. Um, I mean, I've used him a bunch of times. I've used him in two of my novellas just because he, he's such a versatile character because, you know, 
being the faceless god, the the god of many forms. Yeah. You you can you can you know he's almost like a trickster. He's almost like like the Cthulhu mythos's answer to Loki. You know what I mean? He's kind of <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. I I see him as trickster slash messenger. So I mm. see kind of Mercury mixed with Loki. Yes. Yes. Mixed with, and forgive me for saying this, but sort of the the Christian concept of Satan. Yes. No. I, I totally agree. Um, yeah. Especially especially in some of his other sort of manifestations with other authors, like I mean, yes. um, like Stephen King used him basically as a Satan type character. Yes. You know, in his Randall Flag form, he was basically like Satan, wasn't he? Let's face yes. it. Yeah. A- and he's only he seems to be the only and and i'm never even sure if he's an outer god or a great old one i never i don't think lovecraft really said where he fits in i think he's an outer god i think he's classed as an outer god the mighty messenger i Um, think most people put him that way but i think certain writers have put him the other way and, and and that's the way he likes it. Yeah, exactly. I don't think it matters, man. I don't think no 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 would care, you know. <laughs> but he's part he's one of he's he gets us humans. Mm, I mean exactly. he he's sort of he's the adversary in that he can manipulate us. Yes. Where where, you know, Azathoth barely doesn't even register we exist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about him, the fact he will manipulate us and he knows what makes us tick. He know he knows how to draw us in. It's it's interesting. So um what are maybe some of your favorite versions of Nalarhotep or or N as we'll call? Yeah, I um I really like uh, the stuff that Robert Block did. I really like his take on it. You know, the... The, the shadow of the or... Yeah, uh, yes. Well, with that as well, but also with, like, the faceless god. Ah, oh, okay. Vane of the Black Pharaoh, you know, the Nefrenkar okay, stuff. Because, yeah. um, obviously, the, the like, Nefrenkar was a, an avatar, wasn't he? Of, yes. Yeah, the same way the Haunter of the Dark was an avatar. Again, the, the god of many forms. Um I really like one of my favorites is the faceless god. It's one of the most bleak and hopeless stories I've ever read. <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy who's uh, he discovers the the idol under the sand to Nile Afetep, and you know the people tell him to not to gaze on it. He gazes on it, and it, and he and he's basically chased across the desert by it and. You know, that's basically the story, but it's so great. <laughs> so, <clears throat> another yes. another favourite of mine was The Snout in the Alcove by Gary Myers. Oh, okay. A, yeah, it's a lesser known one, but that has a really nice, really nice take on it. Yeah. Now, and and mentioned it and, and realised that this is going to have um, spoilers for a 60-year-old short story. But, you know, Shadow of the Steeple, where it turns <laughs> out that that scientist who helped invent the atom bomb and glows at night and panthers yep. come and visit. And I, I love that version. Yes, same. Yeah. But but also, you know, the the Haunter in the Dark, which is. Yes. Well, it's a. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's sort of, I think, the same, the same version. 
Well, yeah, because, um, well, that was where Block famously killed Lovecraft, isn't it? Yes, uh, exactly. He actually asked him permission, what? and Lovecraft sent him a, a signed certificate from, from all of his, from like Cthulhu and Dagon, saying it, he, he had permission to kill him. Or, uh, or, or, or actually, I guess, um, Hunter in the Dark is Lovecraft's response, him killing it Block. It was, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he killed Block. And then Durleth got in on the action as well, didn't he? On the next, yes. <laughs> with another one. The, the Shambler other... from the Stars. That was it, it. Oh, exactly. And the other thing that I really liked about that version is, mm. is that scientist, Dr. Dr. Dexter. First yes. of all, that's a great name. But, it you is. know, he's literally a throwaway character mm. from... Um, I mean, he's the one who throws the uh, Shining Trapezon into the water, and that's about all yes. he does. Indeed. But, you know... So again, sorry if you haven't read it, but still read it. It's worth 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 reading. Oh, do it. Yeah, do it. I mean that, that. I mean, I would I would even put Shambler there as well. Read those three stories together, back to back. They're they're superb. I mean, that's the um, that's the version I used in my <clears throat> in my um, novella Spiffing. I used the Haunter of the Dark version, but brought it over to the UK and stuck it in a. Uh, <laughs> in a manner in a sort of like uh agatha christie pg woodhouse oh, kind nice. of situation so it's all these toffs going oh hello old chap and you got the you know you got the haunter of the dark <laughs> Oops. yeah and now another version that that i really like it's sort of from an obscure game and that's the thing there's so many different versions oh yes but have you ever read or played a version of the call cthulhu game cold war cthulhu Oh yes, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. so it's up to the the keeper, but the the English intelligence agency that everybody works for is run by two characters, uh, N and H. Yes. And I I and one is like can be hypnos and the other is not a hotel. Mm. And you know. I, I love that version. Yeah, it's superb, isn't it? Again, it's that back to that sort of master manipulator kind of Machiavellian type thing, which is similar to um, like the original poem from Lovecraft, isn't it? That he's behind the scenes manipulating and giving us advances just so we'll kill each other. <laughs> it, it, exactly. And yeah. I, want, I want to actually sort of talk to you about that see what you thought there's a theory i mean first of all that was a, apparently like many things in, in the mythos was a dream lovecraft had it was yeah yeah but i've heard a theory and i don't know if you've heard this that it may have been inspired by tesla the original yes. tesla i uh, have i have yes i've heard that that theory before um especially you know like the carnival uh with the scientific advances kind of thing yes well, I guess what I guess what it was. I mean, because I, I mean, dreams—they're interesting things, aren't they? I mean, they take things you've seen in the day-to-day -day world, like things you've read in the newspaper, and they'll churn them back at you as these ki kind of weird, <laughs> weird kind of versions of reality. So, Especially Lovecraft did that. Oh well, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. So I, I can fully imagine that Lovecraft, because I mean, he had his finger on the pulse of science. I mean, he was interested in the scientific advancements, so he would have read of Tesla and all this kind of stuff. He would have known about Tesla, mm -hmm. and then it would have got <laughs> twisted up by his dream brain, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I can fully believe that. I can fully believe that. Yeah. So, and, and that's 
there are so many different versions mm. uh, of Mr. N. Um, <laughs> and there are so many more coming. I mean, and, you know, he's got all these masks of different faces. Yeah. But I think one of them also that's most associated, associated visually is the God of the Bloody Tongue. Yes. Which yeah. my, and you may differently, as near as I can tell, that was created by Chaosium for the role-playing game. I think it was, yes. I think, but it was kind of like an expansion on the Howler in the Dark version yeah. from Block, wasn't it? It was uh, kind of an expansion of that, you know, whereas, whereas the Howler was basically had a tentacle for a head. <laughs> yeah, and it's about that body here. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of an expansion of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and it sounds like you've done it, but if you were going to create for a future story a new version of mm. of Mister Anne, how would you do it? Ah, you see, oh, I, what I, would I, you do? Yeah. That's a good question. That's a really, really good question. I mean, I think especially with the way the world is at the minute, I could really see him as a politician. Oh, I yeah. could, oh, I could so see him as a politician. Um, but I think that's already been done by people. Um, oh, trying to come up with a different, new and different thing. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give that some thought. But yeah, I'd probably a politician or or maybe one of these sort of agitator extremist types that you get everywhere. Yeah. You know, maybe he'd have his own podcast or something. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. yeah, he could. Yeah, and you know, he could be a podcaster. You never know what he looks like. Exactly. Oh, oh no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. I'm so gonna write this late night DJ. Okay. A late night DJ. <laughs> I can uh, so see that working. <laughs> yeah. People call in and yeah. you know, he gives bad advice. Exactly. That's precisely where I, I'm writing that. That's happening. <laughs> you, you, you make one of the callers named David for me. Oh, Will. Yes, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I see. I also kind of, I sort of thought just. Um, sort of the hitchhiker who mm. just sort of wanders from city oh, to nice. city, just these yeah. little tiny towns and causing havoc. Yeah, your drifter type. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would work definitely in the States. I mean, we don't really have that over here because let's face it, we're tiny. <laughs> well, that's I mean, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you used to get it more back in the back in like the 60s and stuff. But nowadays it's sure. like you can you can be up in Edinburgh in an hour, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. And, and, and that, you know, 60s might be a sort of a perfect setting for something yeah. like that, because oh, with all the it's the more old... innocent. Yeah, it's more innocent, but also you had all the cults and stuff. I mean, I mean, something I've thought about before was something setting something in sort of hate ashbury you know in in san francisco in 69 uh, and sort of because you had all the guys that, i mean you had the manson family you had the process church of the final judgment you had the moonies you had the, all these groups uh these you know these esoteric groups uh, so to stick him in that into that sort of melting pot would be oh yeah chaos <laughs> so it's beautiful chaos i think yeah so speaking of cult leaders, here's a, a a sort of 
apparently real person mm-hmm. who I think if there was a human being who lived, I associate him most with um, Nardahotep. Yep. And that would be Indrid Cold. I don't know if you're familiar with the Indrid Cold legend. He rings a bell. It's so not it, one I'm that familiar with, but he does ring a bell. So it, he basically was a suppose. But okay, so uh, you can read about it in the Mothman prophecies. Ah, and right. where he contacts one of the persons, basically starts. A, he's the smiling man. He always yeah. smiles. Right. Uh, that's you know, disturbing for a start. <laughs> exactly, and, and, and things have sort of changed, and and uh, you know, one of the guys who saw him actually, or daughter claims to has published a picture of him. It doesn't look anything like what he is supposed to have been described or what we think of. But if you look up pictures now, they make him look like the Joker. <laughs> They, they may, they, I, I mean, so people who draw the picture, they're, they're definitely influenced by the Joker. Yeah. And, and so I would say, if Narlahotep was a real person, if Endred Cold was a real person, we don't know, that would be them. Nice. Yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an interesting one. So he's kind of like a, a folk figure kind of cult leader I'm, I'm gonna have to look into that that sounds interesting it, yeah. it is yeah definitely and i would encourage um uh listeners too you know there's, there's a couple of good i mean he's most associated with uh john keel's book the mothman prophecy yes but uh definitely and um you know there was even i guess like six or seven months ago um a month before what happened up in west virginia is these kids in New York were chased by this smiling guy wearing a like a one-piece jumpsuit that people have said <laughs> kind of associated. I mean, we're tying things on. I'm not saying that I believe it, but I no, love well, how everything ties together. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, I will definitely have to have to have a look into that. It's very interesting. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. So yeah, it's right up my street. Yeah. And, and I think and Lovecraft was very careful to do that too. Take yeah. real things or pseudo real things and tie them in some way yes. to make it seem more real and the more real it seemed the scarier it was oh yeah exactly i mean it was like um he, ha- he had a real way of you know he'd mix in his own creations like the the necronomicon and things like that but he'd mix them in with real books yeah like margaret murray's witch cults in western europe and and, yes. and the book of daizan and all that kind of stuff he would mix them all in so you know it was interesting reading these letters between smith and lovecraft and i've got the the letters between smith and derleth as well how many people actually believed the necronomicon was real even back then yeah oh yeah they like um there's an exchange of letters that we covered in that episode between smith and derleth and they're on about some guy who basically contacted them both, correcting them on the use of the Necronomicon as if it was a real book. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh no, you got that wrong. That's not how it is. <laughs> so what? And, and I'm, I'm sure that Lovecraft just thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. They thought it was brilliant. They were just like, oh, this is great. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate, and I, Paul, I'm the one that's sort of on the time limit today. No but worries. 
what other projects are you working on that maybe we can uh, talk a little bit about? Um, well, at the minute I've just um, finished. I've just finished off another novella, uh, and I'm working on a trilogy of Lovecraft, uh, well, mythos-inspired anthologies for Nordic Press. Um, they're going to be set around the North Sea. Okay. And the first one's going to be in what is basically the Atlantis of the North Sea, which is Doggerland, which is a flooded land that existed between uh, England and Europe, mainland Europe. Okay. And then we're going to go over to, we're going to do Norway and do Shadow over Valhalla. Uh, oh. <laughs> so it's got to be done. I love that title. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to head back, then we're going to do like the UK in the 20th, 20th century around the sort of music scene, you know, the very influential music scene and things like that. Um, yeah, so that's interesting, getting to work with some really great people and all that kind of thing. It's uh, I've also, I'm also curating a cosmic horror anthology for Miri River Publishing. Uh, that call opens in September, I believe. Ooh. No, October. October. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's an open call um uh, but i'm curating it so that, that's gonna eat away my month but it's gonna be brilliant <laughs> so yeah. so so is this um you said an open call is it on any cosmic horror or is there a yes. theme or yeah no um it this time anything goes you know cosmic horror lovecraftian chambers you know go blackwood if you want <laughs> okay you know yeah anything anything goes on that one Okay, well, excellent. Mm. Well, again, we will have you on as soon as possible, especially maybe uh, love to talk to you a little bit more uh, when those books come out. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to come on whenever you want. Yep. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. Yep. This episode is brought to you by Donner. Check out the show notes to find a good deal at Donner. Like the sound of this? This is the Donner Island Delay, and the really cool Donner LP that I've shown off on like Instagram. Check it out. Uh, they've got some really good summer deals, and check out their snap deals as well. Use the link in the show notes to help support the show. Get yourself some cool musical instruments, maybe some patch chords. Cool. Thank you once again for listening to People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. You can help show your support by going to the show notes and following any of the links that'll tell you how to support the show and how to support our guests. And thank you to all of our guests who you can find in the show notes. Rate, review, subscribe, and remember, patrons get priority access to asking us questions, suggesting topics, even, I don't know... Uh, submitting stuff. Actually, you don't have to be a patron to submit anything. That's how Dave got on the show, and that's how you can get on the show, too. It's the People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos. Rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Thank you for listening. Back to the show. Hey everyone, it's me and Dave, and we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons, and well, honestly, a bunch of other RPGs, if we're going to be honest. I mean, we, we spend a lot of time talking about, talking about all kinds of RPGs, and this week we're actually going to talk about D&D a bit more than we normally do. Dave, what's your favorite yes. class to play in D&D? So, uh, I'm not sure if I have a 
favorite per se. I like to play something different. I tend to be sort of the supporter characters. Sure. Uh, the healers. So I often get, uh, you know, druid, cleric, or paladins. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm pretty much down to play anything. Cool. Nice. All right. Um, in the past, I've liked to play bards because I thought it was fun to play bards. Or I, I play whatever I think at the time is fun to play. And, like, lately I'm like, ooh, I want to play a warlock. I want to play a warlock who's great, 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 grandfather was a lich. And, like, you know, came back to his old village to be like, oh, what's my family up to? And, like, meets a kid and is like, oh, hey, what do you do? I I make shoes. It's like, can you make me shoes? I am your great, 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 great. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. And it's like, the kid's not afraid of, like, a skeleton with his hand and his eye missing. And, uh, you know... He's like, I don't have feet missing. I need some new shoes. And they're like really nice cobbled boots. And it's like, this kid's like a really good cobbler for his age. And then the, uh, you know, the, 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 the undead is like, here you go. Here's some magic powers. And it's like, ah, cool. And he's like, well, every five years you have to make me a pair of great boots. All right. And they have to say Vecna on the side. Got it? And the kid's like, okay, cool, sure. And here's a book. And So uh, that's a strangely odd campaign. I, I mean, love that concept specific, for a character. Specific campaign. I love that concept for, like, a warlock who's, who's like, oh, you know, my background is uh, I'm, I'm a guild master. Or, or even I am a performance master. And whatever I do, uh, whatever background I choose, the lich is like, oh, that's awesome. I love your style. Here's some magic. I'm, 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 you know, since we're related, here's some magic for you. Um, just like, you know, do your awesome stuff for me every once in a while. Um, this is why I became a lich is to like see my family grow and see how awesome they are and also learn everything and pass it on to someone so you're the person i'm going to pass stuff off onto because whatever it is that you're doing i like your style soldier background magical background whatever whatever and this is how you like i don't know maybe multi-class warlock or just start out as a warlock is you have like this demigod or i don't know maybe uh your great 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 granddaddy uh set up the tomb of horrors whatever it is you're related to a super powerful lich and it's not like a sorcerer it's like oh yeah no i get these powers magically because the fact that i am related to a lich it's like no i have a pact with this dude um, he's going to show up from time to time, and I have to make sure I have, like, something nicer than the last time, or he's going to be a jerk about it. Like, yeah. I, I yeah. love that concept. And and I, I, do, I do like the Warlock character. Yeah. Uh, I think, too, 
it's probably one of the better ones for new players to play. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and, and definitely, like, you know, the Eldritch Blast. Oh, Eldritch uh, so, Blast is awesome. So, yeah, as the spellcasters, and, you know, they you don't necessarily have to be an evil. No. Because you can, you know, there, there's Celestial Warlocks, too. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I think you just have to be, like, well, I don't know. Can you be, like, chaotic good and be a warlock? I mean, a celestial warlock? Uh, I think so, because, okay. I mean, the, I don't think that they've really put in as many uh, alignment restrictions as there used to be. Yeah. And one of the things that I would say, too, is I think that there are chaotic... I think unicorn's chaotic good. Okay. And... But really powerful unicorns can be uh, a celestial patron. Okay. Because I, I, I was telling this concept to uh, Dusseldorf the other day and uh, Barbacoa, and Barbacoa was like, you just want to be a lich all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I figured out how to make every class a lich, even fighters. And Barbaco is like that's pretty cool. I'm not going to talk about that. That's that's like a secret, maybe maybe a Patreon thing, like my uh, how to how, how to make a fighter into a lich. But if if you remember Second Edition, uh, you know that there's ways to do this stuff. And with all the uh, like prestige classes or whatever you call them these days, so uh, the subclass subclass. I mean, there's there's ways to do it, and with like third party stuff, there's always ways to do it. But I always try and do it with like official D and D stuff, trying to figure out how to make any class a necromancer because I think that's fun. I I mean, I'm not like all about like I love demons and devils. It's like I love spooky undead stuff. I think it's cool, and also I love human <laughs> mythos. So I also think aberrations are cool as well. But so, Dave, Dave, what are you, what are you all about with D and D these days? So, uh, I I do kind of a, a backup just for funds uh, campaign. Yeah. Uh, online um, for when the regular people can't can't run it or something, and, and it's a gnome campaign. Cool. And, and you know, there's of course all this gnome uh, puns. You know, they're the gnomies. Uh, there's no place like gnome, gnome sweet gnome, uh, but uh, it's kind of a cyberpunk uh, kingdom where they're basically friends slash entourage of one of the princesses who um, is a is an alchemist, and they were being attacked by um, uh, old zombies. The zombies have come back. Uh, so she was gonna drink this power, power, uh, powerful potion that she made to make her into this great warrior to wipe out the zombies, uh, but she got it confused with her drug stash, and so uh, uh, <laughs> she sat that one out, uh, just sort of blinking and looking at her hand. Okay. Uh, yes, but uh, so yeah, that's uh, I, um, that's sort of my main sort of, and it's just a backup. If if the main G DM can't play and the backup DM can't play. Then I bring that out. All right, that sounds like a fun campaign. And I was, if I was going to say, if anyone is a gnome, it's you, Dave. 
Uh, well, I, I feel like when it comes to like D and D races, I'm I'm like a half elf and you're a gnome. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking maybe dwarf. I was a dwarf, but yeah, maybe. I, I maybe. think you're more of a gnome than a dwarf. Dwarves oh, are like, I'm a hardy. I like to build things. And it's like I feel like gnomes would have like be like, I'm hanging out with my goats today. Uh, yes. I, I might do some work. I might I might well, go into the office. Oh yeah. Also, all my my uh, my gnome campaign they do all ride uh, uh, they do ride goats except for the barbarian gnomes. Uh-huh. They they uh, they ride hogs. Uh, they, they call them. They call giant hogs. They they call them Harley Davidsons. <laughs> so yeah, like I said, there's a lot of puns in that one. That's fun. That's fun. Uh, so uh, what what would you recommend for dungeons for anyone? Um, you know, I don't. I haven't, you know, ran any canned or adventures since. You know. Oh, I'm not talking about that, Dave. I'm talking about what would you do to uh, slow people down in dungeons? What are some of your favorite traps? What are your favorite concepts in dungeons? So I like um, so the one one where we're going, and I'm not sure when we're gonna be playing next. um, We ended in a cliffhanger where it was literally the Indiana Jones boulder was chasing down us down the corridor. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I'm a big fan of, you know, the, the arrows out of the wall trap. Nice. Uh, you know, and I think that's one thing I kind of, uh, yeah, you know, back in my day when we played basic D and D and we, we scoffed <laughs> at the expert because there was no fourth level. No, but, one thing I would say about some of the newer players, there's a lot more puzzle solving. Sure. I think in yeah. the game a lot more, uh, and I think that I think that's good. I think I think that's a growth in the game. Oh yeah, no, no. I've I've been involving puzzle solving since second edition, like '89. I really got into puzzle solving. Granted, I only started playing D and D in '86, but by '89 with second edition, I was involving a lot more. Uh, puzzles and traps and one of my favorite puzzles and traps if you don't mind me uh, hopping in right here is lodestones lodestones in the floor lodestones in the ceiling lodestones in the wall and you have like a long corridor that is full of lodestones and you just increase the amount of lodestones and then if you can like towards the end figure out a way to make it like wild magic or dead magic so that wizards think that their stuff's not working either. It's like with lodestones, it's like you have to take off your armor because it's like going to stick to the ceiling and figure out a way to get it off. Um, Another favorite of mine is like corridors of slime where people have to figure out, like there isn't like a, a, a solvable puzzle element to it it's not like oh if you do this and do this and do this and i'm going to supply you with two sticks that are this length and that length and then you can get across the chasm i i i create stuff that they have to go well we're smart we have magic spells we have the ability to go down a hill and like cut wood let's let's figure this out 
Mm-hmm. And uh, th- those are my favorite kind of like traps. It's like, okay, there's a nine, uh, ni- 90 yard uh, corridor of uh, brown slime. How are you going to get through this? So, so they they see the trap and it's not hidden, but they gotta they still gotta work it out. And they gotta figure it out. It's like, well, what's the ceiling like? It's covered with this slime. What are the walls like? It's covered with this slime. How big is it? It's ten by ten. Okay. How long is it? As I said, ninety yards. What's that in 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 imperial? Ninety yards. You know, it's it's that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I'm sure listeners right now are being like, well, this is what I would do. I would use this. I would get tie two ropes together, three, five ropes together, and I would shoot an arrow, and then I would get on a shield, and I'd pull myself across on a metal shield. You know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just kind of like, well, what are you going to do in this situation? It's how I would make my dungeons. I'd randomly roll my dungeons and be like, okay, there's two rest monsters that are eating like the, the 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 guts of a paladin, or or the armor of a paladin that they like killed. Um, how are you gonna get through this room? You know, just just kind of stuff like that is how I, I I used to build dungeons, and kind of still how I do build dungeons. But um, I'm sure you have more to say about dungeon building and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's. It's definitely something that has evolved for me. Oh, yeah. And it's gone sort of from these random rooms that don't sort of make sense to why they're there to, you know, random wandering monsters to to part of the story. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that the, the more that it sort of fulfills the story, so, you know, what was this? Was this a dwarf, ca- uh, you know, mine was this an actual dungeon where people were kept? You know, what is given a history? Is it a temple complex? You know, I... the more more of a story, I think. The 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 more the better the story is. I mean, that sounds sort of silly when I say it, but yeah, the more of this that this the the dungeon itself becomes an NPC. I like to let the players build their own concept of what the dungeon used to be. They're like, oh, this place is this big and this big and it had this stuff in it. I bet this used to be this. And I'm like, roll a d20. And then I roll a d20 and then I roll another d20 and be like, they're like, oh, I can't quite tell what it is. It's like, then you see this and then you see that. And they're like, oh, I totally know what it is. And I just build stuff off of stuff that they're like, worrying about at the table and it's like oh i think this might have been a temple to this or it might have been a temple to that and i kind of weigh that stuff out it's like i like to let the players randomly build the dungeon for me and i'll just roll stuff on this behind the screen and i mean it's 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 fun and then then you have to like maybe pull in elements from like a published adventure or something like that and be like yes it's the blind vampire lord Icar who built all of this because the fact that he's trying to um, lure adventurers of a certain level to turn them into very powerful ghasts for his army yeah, or, or or to feed his vampire children. Or... Yeah, yeah, 
and uh you know it's 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 like i i, I really kind of feel like you choose three subtypes and you kind of like or uh three three like uh like undead like i i like to go with undead uh constructs and then maybe aberrations together and like have that's the main type of stuff that you're going to deal with in that dungeon if you do research you'll be able to figure out the fact that that's what's in that dungeon but um if you know and then then next time like grab something else you know uh beasts uh magical beasts and fey and then have that take place in like kind of like a forest dungeon or you could do something that's like oh it's it's um kobolds and a corrupt silver dragon in a desert and you just have like kobold types and like dragon subtypes or silver dragon subtypes of some sorts it's yeah and oh and and, and i like i love using like constructs because constructs and traps they, they could be thousands of years old oh yeah yeah yeah, and if you have like constructs that maintain traps, if you have uh, trap constructs, if you have like some sort of like um, ancient juggernaut that is just you know trained to run over people in this expansive area around a castle, you know, uh, y you could do so much stuff with constructs with undead, um, and. You know, it's 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 one thing. I've I've had like dungeons where you have like an ecosystem that it's like uh, undead do this, and then the aberrations feed feed off of like rats that have like created an upper colony, and it's 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 just this thing. Or the slimes feed off of like the uh, undead uh, colony that just kind of like keeps reproducing itself because people keep going down this hole uh, and it's been there for like two three millennia but everyone's like don't go down this hole don't go down this hole anyone who goes down this hole doesn't come back and it's like you know this sneaky way to get into this like ancient uh ossuary uh created by a cult that worships a lich or something like that. Sorry, I, I always go back to the undead and uh, also uh, aberrations because those are my two favorites. But yeah, you know, no, that's perfectly, you know, that that's perfectly fine there. Yeah, I mean, I know the game is called Dungeons and Dragons, but it's like dragons are a lot of the time too powerful, especially with their legendary. Uh, things that they can do and it's it's ugh. um and and, and, and it's like a, a horror movie if you see a slasher too much yeah it's not scary so yeah. you know make it make it epic when a dragon does come across oh yeah 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 and it's it's also kind of like the cthulhu mythos it's like elder dragons like really old dragons are less of this kind of like physical being and more of kind of like almost like this thing of weather, like bad weather coming in, or an astrological event occurring. It's, it's, it's. You don't want to be around when like an elder worm, like decides to get off its hoard 
and like is mad at the sound of the town next to it who's like celebrating that the dragon hasn't attacked them in 200 years because mm. dude's been sleeping <laughs> yeah. or you know that they are you know they have this this greater than ancient dragon does have a body that you know maybe once an hour a month it sort of goes into its body but the rest of the time it's a spiritual entity oh yeah and make it a make it a warlock patron oh yeah yeah or oh hey let's let's mix stuff up let's not create uh a a uh draco lich let's create a demi draco lich which is just a dragon's head that hangs out on a pile of like insane wealth, like deep inside and of bones. and 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 what? And bones. Of course, and bones. And maybe he has like uh, a bunch of kobolds that are necromancers and like necromancers who are like lizard men and necromancers who are humans, but they all have three distinct uh, three distinct cultures around a volcano. And the Demi Dracolich lives like not necessarily in the caldera, but near the caldera. Uh, maybe okay. you have like some sort of Dra Dracolich who's like all about the cold or all about uh, the ash plane, or you know, it's like you could put Dracoliches or like this concept of Demi Demi Draco liches anywhere, and I feel like anyone could be like, "Oh, your eyes are made of gems. Good thing me and my gnome buddies love gems. You're the coolest dude ever, Demi Draco lich. Thank you, buddies. Let's party. You know, it's 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 like uh. Oh, there you go. Yep. Sorry, I hit the wrong button. Uh huh. But but yeah, no, I I think that that. And and it also sort of it creates sort of a a not I don't know what you call it ancient or urban legend it's not a myth yet yeah but it creates a a history definitely anything else you think we should talk about with D and D there Dave I think that we pretty much D and D it. All right. Well, these are a few of my favorite D&Ds. When the cobalt bites. When the Okay. Um hey, if you you have a song, if you have something funny you want to send in, if you have a picture, uh if you have anything, send it in. We won't make it into a t-shirt, but we will show it on Twitter and Facebook. And uh Dave. Uh what do what do you know, this is the last episode of the season. What's going on next season? Uh, so we're going to have a lot of Narlahotep. But other than that, I think we're just keeping on down the, the Cthulhu alphabet. Sounds pretty cool. Sounds pretty cool. All right. Well, everyone, we'll see you in season 16. And have a great summer. And we'll talk to you sooner than later. Bye. Bye. People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos was filmed in front of a live studio audience. All guests of People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos stay at the Western RM on Scenic Interstate Boulevard in Portland, Oregon, overlooking the train tracks. Wardrobe provided by Autobahn 9000 and music as always by D.B. Spencer. 
produced and edited by TV Spencer in Portland, Oregon, and guests information edited and produced by David Heath in Estacado, Oregon. If you want to contact us, find us on social media. We are PGTTCM or People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We are also an audiobook that you can listen to on a weekly basis where we have weird fiction, strange fiction, horror, and all kinds of other stuff. Sometimes it's mythology. Sometimes it's uh, just a, I don't know, public domain fantasy book. And thank you again for listening. If you want stickers, contact me, and uh, I'll give you an address for a self-addressed stamped envelope, and I'll cram a bunch of stickers in there. All right. Thank you again so much, everyone, and we'll see you next week when we'll be talking about Narlathotep. All right. See you then. You're listening to the Narlathotep.